Welcome to episode 97 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis, and today I'd like to welcome back Sarah Andrew Wilson of Matchbox IO. She is the Chief Content Officer of the company. She is an Alexa champion, and she is a former educator who was a music teacher, and she uses all that today to talk to you about developing skills for children. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much, Julie. It is a true honor to join you again today. As Julie said, I'm Sarah Andrew Wilson, the Chief Content Officer at Matchbox.io. My background is as an educator and as a musician, and I spent over 20 years in music education before coming to Matchbox. So Matchbox.io is a creator of some of the most popular voice experiences on Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Samsung Bixby, with millions of users around the world in dozens of countries and in four different languages. Our portfolio includes 19 voice experiences, and our most popular are Question of the Day, Find My Phone, and Kids Quiz. Our goal at Matchbox is to help people learn something new every day, and that extends to our voice experiences for children. Specifically, in our portfolio for children, we have Kids Quiz, Animal of the Day, and Animal Rescue. So today, I'll use those three Alexa skills as examples, but I'll also mention some other skills for kids that I think are fantastic, including Muffin Man by Chatty Creations and 123 Math by Sermo Labs. In general, when designing a voice experience for children, you want to make it helpful and fun and also parent approved. So if you design a skill called the cat fart of the day, that might be fun for kids, but it's not really helpful, right? And Parents most likely aren't going to approve of it after hearing it for the you know, 27th time in one day. So you wanna make your voice experience helpful and more specifically, I think there are five main elements in what makes a good voice experience for children. So number one, it should be age appropriate. Two, it puts the child in control. Three, it has a clean design. Four, it's fun, even if it's an educational experience. And five, it anticipates kids-specific errors. So I'm gonna dive into these one by one. So the first uh, is that a good voice experience is age-appropriate, truly age-appropriate. For the educators who are listening, this is probably a no-brainer, um, but it's often overlooked by developers and designers. It's easy to say that a voice experience is designed for you know, ages five through 12 but it's important to remember that a five-year-old is very different from, say, an eight-year-old who is very different from a 12-year-old. How they understand the world, how they process information, you know, their brains are all very different. So what you create for each age group should also be different. Several popular Alexa skills for children, like one, two, three math, kids quiz, and animal of the day, are officially for ages five through 12, but that's because they have different levels to choose from. And each level is designed for a certain age group. So for example, in Kids Quiz, level one is in general for ages five through six, level two is in general for ages seven and eight, and so on. These skills don't offer the exact same content for all ages, and that's a very important aspect for a voice experience. Okay, the second element that goes into a good voice experience is to put the child in control. When you put the child in control and you give them options and choices throughout the voice experience, it feels more personalized and engaging and that makes them want to use it more often. Muffin Man is a great example of this. It's a song you're most likely familiar with, you know, do you know the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, and it's recorded by a singer with a guitar, but at the end of every verse, the child gets to choose the topic of the next verse. 
you know, do they want to meet a unicorn or a dragon? And then the next verse, do they want to meet a cat or a dog? And then they hear that verse that they chose. They're in control. So the same is true in animal rescue. First, the child picks the animal they like to rescue, and then they embark on an hour-long interactive story with a new decision that has to be made every so often. And along the way, children learn to make decisions that will help their animal. They're in control the entire journey. The third element that goes into a successful skill for kids is that it has a clean design. So this goes for experiences for adults as well, but it's particularly true and helpful for children. So shorter is better in content and in design. You want to give children a pretty direct path and avoid giving too many options. In voice experiences that are well-designed, the child gets to make a choice every so often, but there aren't multiple layers to sort through. For the child, it doesn't get complicated or confusing. So what this means is that they won't hear from the smart speaker, choose from panda, turtle, tiger, ostrich, or lobster, or to hear more options, say more options. That's just too much for adults, right? Let alone an eight-year-old. So it's best to provide one, two, or three choices and then get moving along in the experience. Okay, the fourth element and what makes a good kid skill is it's fun, even if it's for uh, educational experiences, right? So there are lots of ways to make a voice experience fun and it all depends on the specific voice experience. So one common and easy way to start is to include music and sound effects. These can be just at the beginning or woven throughout the experience. We start kids quiz with energizing music so kids know they're about to start something fun. And in Animal Rescue, sound effects are used throughout the entire experience to help tell the story. Another way to add some fun is to offer the occasional hidden surprise or unexpected turn. We've found that this actually helps with retention as well. The skill 1-2-3 math sometimes offers a daily double where the, the um, question they're asking is worth double the points and they present it in a very exciting way, but you never know when it's going to turn up, so that adds some excitement. And in Kids Quiz, we celebrate milestones every so often, like when a child has played for five days in a row or when they've collected their first 10 stars, there's an unexpected congratulatory message. And what's more, kids can also unlock hidden levels and other surprises as they play. Again, these techniques help with overall retention and make users want to return in the future, which is usually the, the, you know, the main goal for any voice experience. One thing to note though, as we think about sound effects and surprises, there's one sound that many well-designed kids' experiences tend to avoid and for good reason, and that's a buzzer or some other negative sound effect that declares that you did something wrong. A loud buzzer is jarring and it has an overall negative effect on the user and especially on children. All right, we are now on to the fifth and final element into what makes a good voice experience for children uh, and that's to anticipate kid-specific errors. When I designed my first Alexa skill for children, this was not at all on my radar, but it turned out to be a really important lesson that I learned and actually a really fun lesson to learn. Um, as many of you know, right now, voice recognition on smart speakers for children around age six and younger isn't as great as it is for older children. It's getting better every day, the uh, technology is moving very quickly, but right now it's not optimal for young children. Okay, so here's my lesson learned. Um, one day we deployed new content for Kids Quiz and I was watching the errors come in and I noticed that child after child was being misunderstood by the smart speaker as saying, ask me not, when they answered a specific prompt. So five and six-year-olds across the country again and again were being misunderstood and asked to repeat themselves 
when the smart speaker thought they said, ask me not. I was puzzled by this and looked into it and I checked the prompt that was being asked and it was, what do you call someone who goes into outer space? Is it a farmer, a teacher, or an astronaut? So child after child was answering astronaut, but the smart speakers thought they were saying, ask me not. This was a huge realization for us. And now we use a lot more synonyms or acceptable alternative responses. And what's more, and what's super fun actually, is when we're writing for young children, we actually say the possible responses out loud in a young child's voice to hear what other words they might sound like. So in addition to astronaut and ask me not, Another time this happened was when a child was very excited that they knew the answer and they said, fish, fish. But the smart speaker thought they said physicist and told them that it was wrong. So we made physicist an acceptable answer in that case. Another example is goose, when the smart speaker thought the child was saying the name of the Greek god Zeus. In each of these instances, and actually in hundreds more like them, we added a lot of acceptable answers that sound like the word we're looking for. We also improved our algorithms to allow for a greater range of synonyms. So this way, no matter how the child pronounces the word, they'll have a successful experience with us. All right, to summarize, since we're almost out of time, a good voice experience for children is age appropriate, it puts the child in control, it has a clean design, it's fun, and it anticipates those kids-specific errors. Well, I hope this has been helpful. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn under Sarah Andrew Wilson. Julie, thanks again for having me on, and thanks everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing with our listeners.